Human migration patterns, the billowing drug trade, allies nervous about China. It's all picked up the pace for the U.S. Coast Guard. At this week's Sea Air Space Conference, Federal Drive host Tom Temin got the lowdown from the Coast Guard Commandant, Admiral Linda Fagan, starting with the Coast Guard's 2024 budget priorities. So we're really excited for the continuing support that we're getting from our authorizers and overseers, particularly with regard to the major acquisition programs that we have going on. Uh, Polar Security Cutter funded through uh, long lead time for the third money in the budget for OPCs uh, six and seven. Uh, Waterway Commerce Cutter uh, program office for Great Lakes ice breaking capacity. And uh, we just continue to remain committed to building and recapitalizing the fleet of ships that we need to operate for the nation, money as well to help us accelerate into a single fleet of 60s, right? The 65 uh, helicopters uh, not gotten any younger and uh, accelerating towards a, a single fleet of tail fold, blade fold 60s as part of the investment. We do continue, we've got support, we need additional support around infrastructure investments. All those new ships have, you know, peer facilities that need right. upgrades and um, buildings and ensuring that, you know, the Coast Guard force has state-of-the-art equipment, not just ships and aircraft, but also some of the, the support and maintenance facilities that they need to operate from. And by the way, just a year ago when we spoke, you had been nominated to Commandant, and now you have been in the job roughly a year. Do you like it? Yeah, so it was almost exactly a year ago the nomination was announced publicly. That The world shifted a bit for me at that point. It's been, uh, it's been an incredible 10 months. It is truly a privilege to advocate for the service and uh, advocate for the, the workforce uh, that we have. It's, uh, it's, there's a lot, but uh, I wake up every day energized by what our men and women do to contribute to uh, not just the organization, but the nation. And let's talk about recruiting. That's where you get the raw material to keep the yep. Coast Guard going. And the armed services have had mixed success, let's say, in the yep. last couple yep. of years. Coast Guard a little bit ahead of the game. Talk about some of the recruiting efforts you've got to keep yep. that raw material coming in. Yeah. So uh, one of our challenges is just uh, increasing awareness of citizens that there is a Coast Guard and this is the kind of work that we do as a Coast Guard. As I talk to young recruits at Cape May, they almost always say, I had no idea. I didn't know the Coast Guard existed, but now that I found you, I'm excited. I know what the value proposition is. I can't wait to serve. Recently, we were at boot camp two weeks in, hardest part of boot camp. And the master chief said, hey, how many of you want to spend a 20-year career? They all raised their hands. So the talent is there. They understand their purpose. We need to just increase awareness. We're also reinvesting in recruiting capacity, opening nine new recruiting offices. We've opening and starting junior ROTC programs. So it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck, multiple-prong approach to uh, recruiting. We need to inspire the youth of the nation to serve. Uh, serve in uniform, serve the federal government. These are honorable professions. There is a sense of camaraderie and community and value that you derive from serving, and we need to help enlighten that for young people. Sure. Ships, engines, guns, what's not to like? Yeah. Yeah, cyber. We've got cyber professionals. It's a great time to be in the Coast Guard. Yeah, cyber is a big part of the operation, too, now, just as it is kind of across the armed services. Yeah. No, we have, uh, we've been investing in our own cyber capacity. We've stood up a cyber rating. We're establishing a cyber protection team on the West Coast. 
uh, we've been investing in hiring civilians to help with the conversation between cyber experts and marine transportation system experts so that we can be relevant and engaged with our, our critical port partners and commercial partners in that realm. And I wanted to get back to a little bit of detail on shore facilities revitalization. You mentioned that as a top priority to take care of the new float gear and flying gear that's coming your way. What are you hoping for in the next few years here? Yeah, so as the major acquisitions are being fielded, we have investments that we need to make. Seattle is where we will home port the new polar security cutters. That facility uh, is not sufficiently sized to, to take those new ships, and so we're, you know, we're working forward there. Charleston is a key part. It's going to be a you know, key port for us as we continue to through the, the final fielding of the national security cutters. And then, of course, the offshore patrol cutters are coming. And so up and down the coast, we have footprints where we've got ships now. The new ships are bigger, deeper, wider, bigger power demands. And so all of that is, uh, is you know, here and now for the service from an investment standpoint. And I wanted to ask you about the migrant surge, which has affected Homeland Security, other components. How has that affected the Coast Guard in the last year or two? Yeah, so the, the maritime uh, migration uh, numbers have definitely been up starting last fall. And, you know, the Coast Guard's role in this, this is life-saving work. It is incredibly dangerous, perilous for people who take to sea to attempt to, to migrate to the country that way. And we have moved Coast Guard assets to ensure that there's not loss of life in that uh, in that realm. But it has been a all hands on deck for us and our other uh, DHS entities. I, in fact, I just met with the Homeland Security Task Force Southeast team, integrated interagency team uh, in Miami, and it is an incredible group of dedicated professionals uh, that are that are working to mitigate risk in that uh, in that challenge. And if you encounter a boat with people that are coming not legally, illegally. What is the Coast Guard's duty there? To turn it back? To turn it over to CBP? To send yeah. it to the... So what when, happens? when we encounter a migrant vessel at sea, the, what, what we work to do is to get people off of the vessel and onto the Coast Guard ship. The vessels typically are not particularly seaworthy and then provide a level of, you know, just humanity and care to individuals, food, water, uh, medical attention, and then they are repatriated to the country, their country of origin. Got it. And that is definitely on the rise these days. Yeah, it's, uh, we've had a bit of a weather break. You know, the weather gets a vote in this, too. And so the last, uh, last several weeks have been uh, not, not particularly significant, but we're going into a good weather uh, time period, and we'll see, uh, see what the numbers look like. And you are the first female commandant. What are you hearing from that set of coasties? Yeah. What do they tell you? Is there kind of a back channel to to <laughs> you in that sense? Yeah. So it's uh, it's interesting being uh, first female commandant, first female service chief, and uh, uh, I really don't like talking about myself, and so I always will pivot to, hey, let's talk about the organization. But it is an opportunity, and it has been a privilege to be able to. Uh, elevate awareness and advocate for this service. We are a global Coast Guard. We're the world's best Coast Guard. I'd argue we're the world's best military in what we do. And uh, so it has just been great to have the opportunities to then engage, not just with Coast Guard workforce, but ally and partners with what our value proposition is. The strategy says that the Coast Guard wants to sharpen its competitive edge. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so that's, that is getting after uh, technology, data, all of the things that, uh, you know, we've, we've been working to internalize into the organization, but we've got work still to do. The workforce expects 
a uh, you know modern experience, and that you know that includes how we how we train, how we treat our data. We're, we have an incredible amount of data that we've got now, but it is not in a governance structure that allows us to do the kind of machine learning, artificial intelligence, predictive analytics that will serve us well in whether we're talking about uh, the mi migrant maritime migration challenge, the counter-narcotics effort in the East PAC, our leadership role in IUU fishing, all of that becomes enabled as we get after some of our competitive edge work. And a, I guess a subcomponent of that is the financial systems modernization, yep. which was launched, but it's not totally there yet. There's been some tough GAO looks. Yep. Do you expect that to be righted? And yeah, so we are fully committed to having a successful uh, financial uh, system. We're working with DHS and a uh, contractor to ensure that that system has the functionality that it needs and that we need to ensure that we're meeting our fiduciary responsibilities to the American public. All right, and just to, again, the Austal acquisition, that's the offshore patrol cutters. How's that going? That's been just a short time. Yeah, so right, the phase two recompete for the offshore patrol cutter was awarded to Austal and we, you know, OPC is our pri top priority. We're committed to, uh, you know, fielding the phase one OPCs and are equally committed to phase two and, uh, you know, look forward to seeing those ships actually in operation soon. All right. And how are they powered? And, and you're confident that that power source will be reliable? Yeah. I was like to say, Argus is about, uh, Argus should go in the uh, water soon. And, uh, you know, once we get, once you get a ship in the water and you start to do sea trials, we'll gain all kinds of insights. I think we've got a great design, great quality ship, and we're really looking forward to, to bringing them into the fleet. Do you feel confident in the supply chain industrial base, the DIB as they call it, yeah. in, in Maine DOD, they're having trouble, you know, with shipbuilding capacity, yeah. but you're on a whole different channel. So really. uh, we are and we aren't. It was an interesting discussion at the panel around shipbuilding capacity and ship repair capacity, and there is a defense industrial base aspect to that. This, you cannot view any of that capacity in isolation. It's not a Navy issue. It's not a Coast Guard issue. It is a national security issue and ensuring that the workforce is level loaded at each of those yards are absolutely critical to our own national national security and national defense. Coast Guard Commandant Admiral Linda Fagan speaking with Tom Temin at this year's Sierra Space Conference. You can find this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive.